This portion of the show is brought to you by Kim Dawson at Nova Home Loans. The Jeff Orvid Show starts now. This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, welcome everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Jeff Horvitz here. I've got a jam-packed show and I'm going to attempt to get through everything over the next two hours in just a second. We'll talk with Sharice Trump. Well, a couple things here. I want to get into Hamas and the pro-Hamas Palestinian um, what were these rallies that were going on in, in American universities here. You know, after the evil attacks that happened on Israel just last weekend, believe it or not. Uh, I want to get into the speaker race that's going on, the stuff that happened this weekend, my take on this, where I see this all going possibly tomorrow. Uh, Rob Wilson of Timberline Firearms and Training is going to join us as well. A ton of stuff to hit with him. And then Olivia is going to be by with your comments, including we got questions on this Prop 480. So a couple big Arizona issues, uh, including um, we'll hit on, like I said, a lot of your comments. There was going to be more, but I already went blank. It's, it's, it's one of those Mondays. Anyway, I do want to welcome to the program, Sharice Trump. She is the dire- executive director of Speech First, an organization that's pushing back against the DEI regime that's captured so many of our universities. And remember, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion, which we didn't even know about here just a couple years ago. Uh, but anyway, Sharice, welcome to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. DEI. Let's let's hit on that in just a minute. I mean, my head, my blood boils when I hear this stuff. But how'd you how'd you oh, get yeah. into this? Yeah, well, um, so my background is actually national security and defense policy, to be honest. Um, but I realized, you know, the, the, honestly, the reason I went into that field is because I wanted to be on the front line of the main issues that I felt really affected us at home and affected American culture and our values. And, um, you know, over the last you know, five years or so, it's gotten abundantly clear to me that it's actually some of these constitutional and civil liberties questions. So that's actually, I started dabbling in constitutional law and talking to folks about it and realized that maybe my place is more is better spent uh, defending students' speech rights on college campuses, which is what I'm doing right now. So enjoying it, having a good time. Good. Yeah. And a good time. I'm sure it's a blast when you go to the universities, right? Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh. Craziness that happens there. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the universities here. Since the Hamas attacks on Israel just a week plus ago, um, you saw many university students, groups, even professors, they came out in support of Hamas and Palestine. I mean, this was like, I, I don't know, walk yeah. me through this was just, give me a few examples. This was happening like we didn't even know what had happened yet within hours, within days. Tell us what happened. Yeah. Well, so it's not a big surprise to us to see a pro-Palestinian support on college campuses. That's something that's kind of existed for a really long time. Um, as we saw with the letter that came out from the student organizations at Harvard Law School, there are over 30 organizations on that campus that are dedicated to pro-Palestinian uh, you know, positions and issues. So this has always been an issue on college campuses, which is where you see students uh, or faculty and administrators uh, trying to enforce their pro-Palestinian political agendas on campuses and push them down like Jewish students' throats, essentially. A lot of Jewish students are oftentimes forced to uh, participate in or push back on what's called the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement against Israel, which has been a big you know, political campaign on campuses for a long time, trying to, basically, where students are trying to get the school or all the clubs 
um, to, part, to to boycott Israel, like any companies that have any ties to Israel. Is this, is this so like, it's Therese, let so me, it just, just so I yeah. don't move on too quick and forget this. Is this like 1980s, like South Africa part, you know, boycotting uh, South Africa type style thing they're trying to do? I mean, so too- that's the... That's the narrative, but okay. this is much more recent. Uh, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, I mean, look, these companies that they list are every single company that you would you can even imagine. I mm. mean, um, HP is on there uh, for computers. I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, stop using computers on your campus? Uh, completely derail all of that. I mean, Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream company, is listed on there. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of companies listed on this way. So basically what these students did, like a couple years ago even, the student government associations try to mandate, require, and this is, you know, with the approval of the faculty as well, they try to require other students, all clubs to participate in and and be a part of the boycott, divestment, and movement against Israel in order to receive club funding. (laughs) So that's automatically viewpoint discrimination and just blatant discrimination against Jewish students. Because you have a number of Jewish clubs, of course, on campuses. And if they eat kosher, they're probably buying from a company that is linked to Israel in some way or another. So this is something that obviously, you know, doesn't always pass or survive on college campuses, but the sentiment has always been there. So, yes, it was not a big surprise to see this after the horrific um, Hamas attacks on the Israeli uh, innocent civilians. And this is what was unfortunate, though. It wasn't a surprise to see pro-Palestinian, you know, rhetoric coming out of campuses. But to see the level of vitriol, the level of pro-Palestinian protest, the level of pro-Hamas protest that came out even after we saw all the footage, all the evidence from Hamas themselves of what the atrocities were that they committed, even after that, you're still getting students and faculty and administrators advocating on behalf of Hamas. Uh, and, and against Jewish students and Jewish uh, people. And so this is what was most shocking about it. I mean, you saw flyers being posted at Cal State, Long Beach, and a couple other campuses with hang gliders on them yeah. uh, saying, you know, they were there for the pro-Palestinian rallies, and they have hang gliders. The Palestinians aren't known for their hobbies in hang gliding. So this is in reference to only one specific incident where hang gliders came in and killed almost 300 innocent civilians at a music concert. Um, and so this is, again... They are being very blunt and specific. They do not care what if they're being associated with terrorists anymore. They're not afraid of uh, openly affiliating themselves. They don't believe there's real consequences. It's it. happened. It's happened. Um, it's happened so quick too, Sharice. Yeah. I mean, this is just like, yeah. you, you know, this stuff is festering for years and decades, and then all of a sudden it becomes. It just becomes normalized. Uh, and and yeah. we're, we're going to talk about DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and all that. It's just like one day that the switch is turned on. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, they, they've they been talking about this for a long time. They receive very little pushback. They receive a lot of support. They get a lot of international funding from countries and their organizations themselves. A lot of these um, national versions of the Muslim Student Association and some of these other pro-Palestinian organizations uh, have been traced, their money has been traced back to actually directly funding Hamas and Hezbollah. So there, like, there are links to terrorist organizations. But again, you would think it'd be an easy position to condemn a terrorist organization that has committed atrocities against innocent civilians. But for some reason, that was particularly hard for these groups to do or for universities to do. And this comes back down to what we were talking about with the DEI industrial complex or the DEI regime, uh, and all, as, well as, as well as having to do with um, going, uh, you know, with, with the far left woke ideology of that the ends justify the means. Yeah. So that really comes down to kind of those particular well, questions. Sh- Why sh- is the left so obsessed with this? Sharice, yeah. did the, some of these universities, the actual body, come and say, 
this is insanity. You know, after these people were doing this, did any, did any um, of them, I hope some of them at least. So the newest president for the university of Florida, Ben Sass, previous Senator Ben Sass, he actually did come out and say, look, I'm not going to beat around the bush because a lot of universities did this. They waited a couple of days. Uh, they didn't say anything immediately, which was already shocker enough. And then you had all these protests and all of these, um, all of these pro Hamas, uh, flyers and things going around. And then finally the universities were kind of tipped around it. We, we we condemn any killing of any civilians, and they didn't specify what Hamas did to no. Israel. They didn't, so they beat around the bush. Ben Sass came out and he said, "Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. This was a terrorist attack by Hamas on the Israeli people, and I condemn it. And our university condemns it, and we hope that the Jewish students on our campus feel safe and uh, know that we are here to protect you." And so that was something that that clarity, and this is what people they crave this in this country, especially we crave we, from our leaders. We crave clarity and conviction of their convictions. And we need that moral clarity in order to function as a society. When you're too afraid to choose sides because you're afraid of the woke mob that they're going to come after you, then something fundamentally wrong with you and your, your institution. Yeah. The cancel culture and all that that's going on. Mm -hmm. So many people won't stand up. Fortunately, I I see the tide turning. I hope Uh, these people have had, like I said, years and years and decades and decades with our kids to indoctrinate them. When I first heard diversity, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion came from my daughter's school. It was a, she was in high school. This was just back in 2020. So like the summer of love when people were, you know, peacefully rioting and looting <laughs> yeah. and, you know, burning things down, things like that. And all of a sudden we get a letter home that we're doing DEI and, oh, by the way, there's this institutional racism and we're apologizing and there's all this, the kids are signing on to these letters. And I was like, what, what the heck is DEI? And we all know yeah. what that is now. We all know what it's um, what it's doing within our schools and our universities. Uh, is it? Mm-hmm. And we didn't see it coming, really. Or well, we saw it coming, but it was like flicked on all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, we're at DEI. What? Where are we at now? What's it yeah. morphed into? Is there a new name? Is there something new they're pushing that you know the next level switch is going to be uh, you know pulled here pretty soon? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think you're right in that we're seeing a lot of pushback on this on this front. But the problem is, is we we've started pushing back pretty late. Yeah. And this is kind of goes to what you were saying with um, they were able to really establish this institutionally, uh, this this concept of critical race theory, identity politics, extreme gender theory, uh, all of this into the academy uh, very early on. You know, decades ago, even fifty to sixty years ago, on college campuses. Um, and, and turn it into normalized thought and, and try to teach it to students and, and build and work its way into society, essentially, to the point where uh, a lot of people stopped questioning it. It just kept going further and further and further. And but, I mean, I think it's important to remind ourselves, yes, after 2020, it got particularly bad and toxic for especially conservative students on college campuses. But what, before that, I think it's important to recognize organizations like Black Lives Matter started under the Obama administration. And it's this, this racial division, the critical race theory stuff actually started a little bit earlier than a lot of people recall because we do, we do refer back a lot to summer of 2020, um, with the George Floyd death and, and whatnot, because that was a moment where it really did get toxic, but it was definitely already on its way there long before. And so, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of pushback. The question comes down to how, how much can we actually roll this back? Because we talk about how this has been built in and worked into our everyday life so regularly to the point where you're like, okay, we have to walk this back, not just on universities. We have to walk it back in Hollywood. We have to walk it back in companies and in other major institutions as well. I mean, you have the military now taking DEI training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, this is, you know, and, and now we have, you know, and, and 
we say whatever you you think on whichever issue, but now we have transgenders in the military. We have women in combat role. Like, how do you actually walk this stuff back if, it's, if they're building an entire infrastructure around it? Uh, it would be very, very difficult to do. And so now we have to start asking ourselves, what will it take to dismantle it and walk it back? And honestly, I mean, look, everyone right now, the positive signs I'm seeing is we have something called the University of Austin, which is a very obvious attempt and, and a, a, honestly admirable attempt at creating a new university that actually respects speech. In the meantime, you have other universities trying to rebuild civics, uh, c- civics institutions on their campuses. ASU was one of the first to do this uh, with, with their center at, um, on civics and, and, and the economy and leadership. And you have OSU and University of Toledo who recently passed something in the state legislature on this. Uh, UNC just recently passed something. So a lot of schools are trying to reinstill that citizenship mentality where you have to actually uh, contribute to society and understand our legal system, understand our constitution and, and our principles before you can become a functioning citizen in society. So those, those concepts are growing slowly. Okay. And well, they, are they small? Yeah. They, is that a small number? Are, series? Yeah, there's a, it's a small number, but I think what we're seeing is because of the states getting more involved. And mm-hmm. honestly, DeSantis and a number of other a uh, handful of other governors like Abbott have really kind of taken the lead, but really DeSantis is the first one to show, I think, other states, hey, don't forget you have a role to play here because these are your institutions in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, the federal government can do one thing with certain schools that take federal money, but the state can at least, oh, any the, the, state the, these, school. These are, yeah. You mentioned ASU, Therese, this is heavily, yeah. uh, we subsidize that here in Arizona heavily. Uh, right. with, mm-hmm. with our tax dollars. So we should have mm-hmm. our legislature, well, our governor's not going to do it, but yeah. our legislature uh, saying, hey, let's let's balance this out a little bit. This has gotten wacky. Exactly. And it's, it's um, you know, it's honestly the, the state should, and the state leadership and the citizens of the state should actually recognize, really, I mean, this is an extension of the government, these state institutions are. The employees there are government employees. Mm-hmm. So they are very, very beholden to the Constitution. And in our case, you know, when we talk about free speech and First Amendment rights. Um, so that is kind of like the turning tide on DEI. Now, you do also have seen bills lately where they're trying to defund DEI. And they're completely trying to lob the head off of it, essentially, and say, no, we, and this is what they did in Texas. They're like, no, you are getting rid of all your DEI departments, and, or you're not getting any more state funding if you don't get rid of them by January 2024. And I'm like, that's great. That's admirable. That's what we need to see. Unfortunately, it's not going to solve the problem. Uh, it's a good first step, but we need to recognize, again, how insidious these, this, this, uh, these initiatives are, essentially. They're built into their curriculum. Uh, when you see a, a class, for example, we've been doing this whole report right now at Speech First, you see classes that are required in order to graduate under gen ed requirements, and almost all of them are DEI-themed, oh, oh, or yeah, they have a DEI yeah. category. Yeah, they have to take a full semester, even in Texas. Students have to take a, that's not going to go away with the department gone because the faculty run that. That's under a faculty department. That's not under a DEI yeah, department. And, and that's why I ask so. you, is this morphed into something else? Because then the money just flows into something else we haven't heard of. Uh, Sharice, can you can you stick right. around? I, I was going to, um, sure. yeah, I, I, so my timing is a little bit off on a, on a crazy Monday. Uh, stick around <laughs> because I got, I want to ask you what advice you give to college age, kid, age kids going forward. Uh, and folks, if you got a comment, I'd love to hear from you. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Uh, Olivia will be by in a little bit. We'll go over some of your comments. Rob Wilson from Timberline Firearms and Trainings joining us as well. Well, again, talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Okay, if I was selling a home in the Flagstaff area right now, I would call Kelly Broadus with the Broadus Properties Group, brokered by eXp. Look, it's one of the weirder markets I've seen in real estate, and you know I've been doing this for decades. 
it is a time when median priced homes are now having a little bit of trouble selling, but the high end market, you know, million dollar plus people are coming in with cash, you know, cash offers. Uh, so it's a very strange market and you need someone who's seen a lot of this stuff before and has a lot of experience, has a full team around her, can get you top dollar when you sell your home. And of course, that's Kelly Broadus. And I expect her actually, I'll let you know by tomorrow, I think either Wednesday or Friday, she's going to come give us a big real estate market update. Uh, give her a call. She can help you out. Her team can help you out. 888-446-5602. That's Kelly Broadus at 888-446-5602. And by the way, uh, get a valuation of your home without even talking to an agent. If you'd rather go that route, go to northernarizonafinehomes.com. Click Click on that valuation tab and they'll email you that value uh, real quick. NorthernArizonaFineHomes.com. That's NorthernArizonaFineHomes.com. Let's come back, finish up with Sharice Trump. Hang tight. Back in a minute. All right, if you get a rock chip in your windshield, I want you to remember to always call Diamond Auto Glass first. This is where Angela and I take our vehicles to get the windshield repaired and if needed, and we've needed to do this a couple of times, get the windshield replaced. Once you get a windshield replaced at Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street in Flagstaff, it's you got lifetime chip repair. No appointment necessary. Most chip repairs take 10 to 15 minutes. Always remember to call Diamond Auto Glass first at 928-779-4140. That's Diamond Auto Glass at 928-779-4140. Or go to thedifferenceisclear.com. All right, welcome back. We're talking with Sharice Trump, who's executive director of uh, Speech First. Uh, once we get the podcast up, I'll make sure that the link is in there for that. Talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, talking about how Hamas, um, these students and groups in our universities, went out and you know we're showing support. Obviously, and it's just craziness within our universities. And here's here's the thing, Sharice that I wonder about. I mean, I've got three kids. One of them is in college and we're always watching for stuff. We went through the whole crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy stuff with the school, public schools, then charter schools. Uh, My listeners know my story, then homeschooling. Then eventually we got them into a uh, private school, Christian school, because we have the tax credits in Arizona. And we also have the ESA program, which the governor is trying to destroy. Uh, Governor Katie Hobbs, she wants to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. I think the only way we get our education system back and get our kids heads straight. And it's going to take decades uh, is to take full control of it from, you know, kindergarten on up, which means full school choice uh, because yeah. uh, your thoughts. I, I mean, I'm a hundred percent agreement agreement with you. Look, most of this, most of this it comes from the fact that somewhere along the line, parents decided that the government gets to play not only babysitter, but they also get, play the primary parenting role. They have the kids for like eight hours a day and they get to teach them sex ed. They get to teach them all sorts of things that should be taught at the home. And at some point along the line, everyone was just became okay with that. Um, It amazes me in hindsight that parents, you know, when I was in school that I went through sex education through school, but it's because again, I had two working parents. One, my mom, my mom was actually like, she was working multiple jobs at the time. So it was just, 
they we, this whole breakdown of the nuclear family, the home, it all feeds into this concept of the state taking control and maintaining control over the minds of your children. And this is something we have seen throughout history in totalitarian regimes. Yeah. This is not, this is definitely a tactic they utilize. It's so important that it starts at home with the parents making the right decisions, having complete control. The school choice argument really is a great one in that it's, it's just forcing parents to just have be more invested in their kids' education um, before they go to college. And that's really what it is. It's saying, as a choice, now you have to make the choice. And you actually, therefore, have to pay closer attention. And so that's something that I'm hoping we'll see more of in college, honestly. So students, I mean, look, I think one thing students uh, forget is that in college is that they're actually full-blown adults by then. They have all the autonomy of an adult, but we treat them like children when they're still in college. So they don't take the, owner, the ownership of their own rights. I think universities take full advantage of the fact that a lot of students haven't read the Constitution. Uh, they don't know their rights. They don't know when they're being violated. They don't know what legal uh, paths they can take in any scenario. So universities completely manipulate them. They make all these rules and regulations that are actually in violation of students, usually their speech rights, but also sometimes of their religious liberties. Uh, and the students don't question it. And they just kind of go along with the flow. And they, they, they trust the school. Um, uh, we need to stop treating college students like their children. Treat them to, you know, and make sure they take, they read the handbooks closely. They're signing contracts, technically, worth tens of thousands, if not hundreds of oh, thousands yeah, of yeah, dollars. Yeah. They're, they're, getting, <laughs> a, they're reason, getting the credit card offers in the mail, too, and, you know, things right, like that. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're technically yeah. adults, but you're right. We're treating them like kids. But And when they go on campus, this is a $100,000 decision. Yeah. Uh, should they really be going right when they're 18 if they have no idea what they want to do with their life? And universities take advantage of this. Look, they, are, they have become money makers. That is what they primarily focus on these days. They want to find as many ways to make money. They will have classes that are, I've seen classes. There was a Cornell University class on tree climbing. At Cornell <laughs> University, it costs like, I would say like $5,000 a credit at least. And you're paying, <laughs> you know, you're paying this to learn how to climb a tree. Like how does this contribute to your, to your higher learning? Yeah. You're seeking of the truth, your intellectual development. Well, let me, we, uh, only, we only have like two minutes left. Sir, so I'm, yeah. I want to ask you this. Uh, what advice do you have for college age kids? I mean, you already covered some of this and, and I'll, mm-hmm. let me, let me go a little deeper here. Should they even be going? You mentioned, should they wait, you know, types of questions like that, but should they even be going, are, are they going to go? You're like, okay, we're going to go, but we caution you. There's going to be crazy stuff. Is the system such a meat yeah. grinder that sending them there at this point is a dangerous proposition? So colleges are businesses. They know how to market this whole go to college and you're 18 thing guaranteed. We can, if we look deep enough, we can trace that back to universities actually creating a whole marketing scheme around it. Um, because, when you're that indecisive and you're that fresh into the world, you are not going to make the wisest choices when it comes to how you spend your money and how you spend your time. Uh, so, look, college, I, I don't think it's like completely written off like you should never go, mm-hmm. but I certainly think you should wait until you're older, until you have some life experience to go. And guess what? That will already automatically decrease the number of students who go by, like, by a large percentage because they're going to be like, oh, I don't actually need to go if I want to be happy. Yeah, I got a job. Uh, I'm want- doing good. Yeah, right. yeah. And also, they, if they are on campuses, those for those ones that are on campus now, speak up, be courageous, do not hide your opinions or your thoughts. Right now, we are campuses are not only an echo chamber, but they're just a it's it's an environment where students are just afraid. They're censoring themselves left and right. They won't speak up and express their ideas in class. Professors won't even open classes to discussion anymore because they're afraid of being reported for creating an unsafe environment. Oh so students need to set the brave students and faculty need to step up. Set the example and show other students that they're not alone. Create those debates. 
be the person in class who always asks a question, even if it makes you unpopular. You have to push people. You have to push yourself. That's the only way you're going to really get anything out of this. All right, Sharice. Hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Executive Director of uh, Speech First. I'll get a link in there for you. Um, Best wishes. Look forward to hearing back from you. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. uh, Still to come, Rob Wilson from Timberline Firearms and Training. Uh, Olivia's got some of your comments, including comments on Prop 480, which I know Rob is uh, chomping at the bit to talk about as well. So hang tight for all that back in just a few. But before I get to any of that, remember, uh, fixing your smartphone is a good way to save some money. You can fix them. Crack screens, charging ports, batteries. My, uh, my friends at Just Wireless will take care of you. Just Wireless right there on Milton Avenue as I-17 comes into Flagstaff. Uh, you can make it like new to you by the time they go through and repair. And usually it's like, I've gone there before, it's like 100 bucks or so. Uh, get that smartphone fixed and keep it rolling for a couple more years. Um, also, refurbished phones. So whole line of different kinds of refurbished phones, which is great for the environment rather than just throwing these things out. Uh, plus, um, good, for your, good for your wallet as well. I mean, you're talking about smartphones now that cost $1,200, bucks, $1,500, um, even a lot more. And uh, you, you want to save that money because we don't know where things are going. So stop on by Just Wireless and visit them at JustWirelessAZ.com. That's JustWirelessAZ.com. It is uh, getting cold in the evenings. And this week's supposed to be pretty warm, you know, throughout the afternoons and stuff. But at night, the heats, the heats, <laughs> the heaters are flipping on. Uh, why don't you call Gettles High Desert Mechanical? Have them do those safety checks for you. Go through your unit. Make sure everything's running top notch. Look, if you need a new heat, if you flick it on and it ain't working, call them up. They'll get it working. Central Arizona, Northern Arizona. Gettles High Desert Mechanical will take care of you just like they've taken care of my family. 928-567-2200. That's 928-567-2200. It's... You want to have that number set aside because when that heater goes out, they're going to be able to take care of you anytime it happens. They've got the staff. You see their vans all throughout northern Arizona, and they can get on these things really quickly. You don't want to be days without heat, especially as the temperatures continue to to get down there at night. 928-567-2200 or go to Gettles HDM. That's G-O-E-T-T-L-S, GettlesHDM.com. Back in just a minute. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Orbit Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. All right, Rob Wilson from Timberline Firearms and Training joins us. Rob, how you doing? Great. Happy Monday, Jeff. Yeah, I'm scatterbrained. (laughs) I actually did one of my not picking up my cell phone. Um, I did it for Sunday, one day. Um, you know, not looking at any of the news, anything going on. Not a bad idea. But it's, um, you know, the thing with doing this show every day is like, if you do it every day and you never take a break, you're just like on your game, on Ugh. your game. But then you go crazy. Yeah, I was going to say. You, <laughs> if you never turn it off. Your brain needs a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I did not look at what's going on in our 
in our capital with our wonderful Congress members when it comes to the Speaker of the House race. Such efficiency. Oh, man. So Jim Jordan is the going to be the nominee, presumptive, I guess, yeah. presumptive nominee tomorrow. They had this little meeting today, closed doors once again. Supposedly, they're going out on the floor tomorrow to choose a new Speaker of the House. Yep. Uh, the guy, the opponent that I didn't even write down his name because he was just, he was just somebody that jumped, jumped up the last second because they needed an opposition. The, especially the kind of the, I think the rhino wing. Oh, okay. They were like, okay, this guy's going to do it. And nobody even knew who he was. He dropped out. So it's expected that Jim Jordan will be the only one because now you have McCarthy also backed him. Yep. You had all these people coming out saying, this is the guy. I think if I had to bet on this thing, and you had one of the big holdouts was House Armed Services Committee Chairman Mike Rogers uh, of Alaska. He says he it was like, you know, hell's going to freeze over kind of thing last week. And now all of a sudden he's supporting. Him. Yeah. So I think that Jim Jordan has a 50 50 shot tomorrow to take this thing, I think. And that may be good. That well, that may work out until he pisses me off and it doesn't. You know, I've been pretty impressed with a lot of the things that he's yeah. done. O- yeah. Overall, he seems to to kind of get above the fray, look at the big picture, apply some common sense most of the time. But my concern is all of these behind-the-scenes meetings and these people that were absolutely no and now are yes. What, what was promised? Yep. What are the deals being made in order to make this happen? Because none of that should happen. We should be electing the best person to represent the, the Republican Party in the House. <laughs> um, and it shouldn't take you know, sweetheart deals in, in exchange to do that. Rob's still an optimist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, well, what was promised? Did Jim Jordan learn the lesson of McCarthy, though? Because he promised so many things he couldn't even remember. There was no way he was going to be able to honor every commitment. Oh, he it was. I mean, he was making promises, I hear, to, to Nancy Pelosi. Or, yeah. You know, it's like it, she, he actually thought, I hear, that she was going to come to his rescue and bring some Democrats over. Wow. You know, to stop that. I mean, who knows how much of this is true and where the rumor mill starts. Uh, okay, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'll try to get Biggs or Eli Crane or uh, sure. maybe even Gosar this week. We'll see. We'll see where it all pans out. Find out what they got. Yeah, did you? <laughs> well, I, yeah. Eli Crane was one of the holdouts that forced McCarthy out. Yep. He was one of the, what, five he and or Biggs six? Both. He and Biggs both. They, yep. they held out, and I think that was a good thing. That guy needed to go. Now, they still, from what I'm hearing, have the one vote, uh, one person can bring forward the vacate, the rule to yeah. vacate. I don't think they're getting rid of that, so whoever is in there has to really... It's, it's, it's almost becoming an impossible situation, quite frankly, unless you have more than, you know, a few seats, majority on either side. You know, with 435 possible people to make that, that you know, request to yeah. vote them out, I, I think it's kind of silly to have a single vote. Single okay vote. For that. Yeah, yeah, we should go to at least two. Yeah. I, look, uh, if know. you can get 10, maybe maybe you up the threshold just a little bit. I could I could maybe agree to that. Maybe the point's been made. It takes 25 signatures to get the Flagstaff City Council to discuss something. Yeah, yeah, you know, Congress, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they need is we should be able to bring something before Congress and present it to yeah. them <laughs> with just one. It's like, hey, yeah. I, I got something I want to talk about I, I, here, I guys. I got a pet peeve here that yeah. I, I want to spend the next day talking to you about. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. Obviously, another you know big issue. I don't know where they'll line up or fit into this. They want to do a resolution in support of Israel, of course, um, like first order of business, mm-hmm. I've heard. Or at least that was Scalise. That was his thing. I don't know about Jim Jordan. But I don't think Congress has a lot of weigh in with what's going on unless it escalates. So let me ask you, Rob, 20-plus year uh, Navy veteran, mm-hmm. um, you see what's going on. 
what do you see? How do you see this all playing out over there? Do you think it creates a broader, bigger conflict? All eyes should be on Iran. Yeah. Um, what's happening in Israel, Gaza right now is, is just the, that's the stuff in front of the curtain. The stuff going on behind the curtain is all happening in Iran, and that's where we need to be keeping all of our focus right now, I think. Um, the threats that they've been escalating up since this began, um, keep getting worse, keep getting more severe. And, uh, you know, their stated goal has been to wipe Israel off the map since oh, day they've one. been very so, clear. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about what they want. And they've been funding Hamas and, um, uh, oh, Hezbollah, Hezbollah. Yeah. 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 Both, um, as an, a ways to the means of, of achieving that goal. So Iran is the place that we need to be watching. And, and, and the fact that we have completely lost control of their nuclear program, scares me yeah and is does it turn into strikes israel doing strikes over there um they certainly have the capability to do that israel hasn't been real concerned about borders in the past when it comes to yeah. making sure they're safe yeah they have conducted air raids in in countries that they're not at war with um frequently in the past when it's been necessary in their opinion so they um I haven't looked at the news feeds in the past hour and I find myself looking at them a l- little less frequently like I said <laughs> earlier um but they still haven't gone full on obviously there's still a, a right. ground invasion is is imminent. is imminent yeah do yeah. you think it, it was surprise you the the kind of the pause or is it just getting all the ducks lined up no, it, it doesn't surprise me. I think it's part of the strategy that Hamas was counting on, and that is by taking a whole bunch of hostages like that, Yeah, you, can delay. you tie the hands yeah. of the folks that are coming in to get you um, because we don't know exactly where they are. We, The last thing anybody wants to be responsible for is the death of some of the hostages. Um, it, it's, it's a terrible situation for those hostages. It, it's terrible to see people being used like that um, for a political and, and you know gain. The babies, but, kids, old age, yeah. uh, old, you know, it's just, I, I've never, I've never, I mean, this has happened throughout history, sadly, where people do these evil acts, but I mean, to witness that, what we've seen in the past week plus is insane. Yeah, it wasn't a, a level of evil. It wasn't an accident or a coincidence that they were able to get all those hostages. That was part of uh, yeah. the initial plan. And I'm, I'm relatively certain that that's the reason that we haven't seen Israel just go bulldoze the whole northern end of Gaza. Yeah, just push it off, yeah. right? I mean, that's 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 what they want to do, I think. That's what a lot of people are calling here for. Okay, you mentioned the money coming from, from Iran to support these groups. What about the money coming from Western countries, though? I mean, how much tax dollars has the U.S. sent over there to help Palestine that funneled in, I'm sure, to to Hamas. You unearthed this one. You got the UK aid to Hamas. Is this recent? Yeah, yeah. Today, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom announced that they're tripling their original ten million dollar um, yeah. benefits to assist humanitarian aid to the the folks left in Gaza. Yeah, but where's it go? You know where this stuff goes. Yeah, uh, um, it, it's just it winds up in the bad people's hands every time. Yeah, even even if all you do is send you know ten million first aid kits, which might be really help you know helpful to have right now, um, they don't make it to the people they're intended to go to. They get sold on the black market for U.S. currency, so they can use that to buy more weapons. It it, it really doesn't matter, and it's frustrating. Everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to feel good because they're helping. I don't think this is helping. Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, let's get into. Um, 
Our unchecked immigration problem, of course. Um, and I also want to touch on this uh, Trump gag order yeah. that came out this week. And get your thoughts on that. Rob Wilson was with us. Hang tight. All right. You know, last year, Angela and I, it even took me that long, Rob, to read on my screen. That's how slow I'm <laughs> Last year, Angela and I got all new blind shutters and sh- shades from our good friends at the Blind Brothers. Um, they're going to treat you really good, just like they did us. Um, great selection of blind shutters and shades. Great prices. Use their installation as well. Mention the Jeff Orbit Show when you call, and they'll get them installed right, and you won't go crazy doing this. Call the Blind Brothers right now at 928-634-2423. That's 928 928- 634-2423 or go online right now to theblindbrothers.com Angela took a lot of time over the past year, transfer two years really moving our policies to uh, all state insurance agency out of Flagstaff. Uh, the Boatners are doing a great job and I wouldn't be telling you to you know, that we moved over to them unless we vetted it all out and we really went through the process and made sure that they were going to be good when it comes to customer service. And they've been excellent. Eric Boatner, Lisa Boatner, uh, give them a call right now, 928-774-8722. That's 928, go ahead, Rob, 774-8722. Public service announcement. Check your policy. Make sure you've got adequate coverage for your house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they'll do that for you. They'll do a great job for you. Really important. Eric Boatner, Allstate Agency, 928-774-8722. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that this is the jeff orbit show Put on a couple more of these weekend items that we missed, Rob. Yep. Rob Wilson with Timberline Firearms and Trainings here with us. Next hour, by the way, we've got a lot of Arizona stuff, uh, including a challenger to Congressman Eli Crane for CD2. I got something on roundabouts. I've got something on <laughs> transgender cyclists, Uh-oh. just because why not? It's Monday. Uh, and Prop 480. Oh, 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 and this oh. little gem. Oh. My two ballots. Not Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, yeah. You're no, hold up for that. Yeah, we'll... Why? Why am I holding two ballots named to me, written to me? Yeah. Strange, strange stuff. All right, Rob, uh, what happened with Trump with this judge? There's a gag order, or was it over the weekend? It was. Um, you know, there's there were folks that I guess just can't get over President Trump. The, 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 the hatred for there's him. There's a couple of people that don't like him. Yeah, that that is displayed. It it, it just blows me away. Here's, here's a quote from a judge. His Presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants who are simply doing their ju- their jobs, the judge added. This is not about whether I like language Mr. Trump uses. This is about language that presents a danger to the administration of justice. <laughs> so we now have judges that have decided they know what language does and does not constitute danger to the administration of justice. 
language that's that's the problem is is for a judge language doesn't do anything till language does something and then the case unfortunately has to come before the judge you know if somebody if somebody says something and then somebody goes crazy and does something it's like yeah you know we don't want that to happen but he's going to prejudge it their side and she in this case okay their their side is suggesting that president trump is putting members of this judge's staff and the court at risk because he's saying that they're corrupt and that as a result of that, folks might take it upon themselves to go do something evil to these people. Okay, it's pre pre crime. All right, yeah. So okay. that's, that's, she's that's she's imagining this as as a possibility, and therefore she's standing all over the First Amendment rights of a presidential candidate to speak what he believes to be the truth about events that are currently unfolding and have a direct impact on his ability to serve as president of the United States. Mm. I. I it is blowing my mind that people in, in, in positions of power seem to have lost so completely the idea of what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was all about. Well, especially a judge who's supposed to be trained in such things a little more <laughs> than all of us, law. right? Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, all of our public elected officials and our judges take an oath of office. Um, you had to take an oath yeah. as a council. I had to take an oath as a as a planning and zoning yeah, yeah, commissioner, yeah. and and the oath is the same all the time. Uphold to, the Constitution of the state of uh, the U.S. Constitution it, of the state of Arizona. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's too. not hard to understand. Yeah, and and yet we have people every day. It seems willing to walk all over it. Yeah, and do these elected representatives? I mean, are we at the point where you you got to take a quiz and like get at least eighty percent on on the Constitution? Like, let's say when you get elected to Congress. Well, I, I don't you know? know that that would help because it, yeah, I don't I don't doubt that this judge understands the Constitution. Obviously, she she's got to, but she's choosing to go against it because she thinks it's that important. There, she's convinced that she is so right that the Constitution is secondary. That the governor of New Mexico a couple yeah. of months ago, yeah, I neither the Constitution nor my oath are absolute. absolute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember when yeah you raise your hand and it's like. Yeah, yeah, uphold the Constitution. Maybe if I did deem it to be interpreted how I want it to be interpreted. I, yeah, I can situation. tell you that when I enlisted and every time I re-enlisted in the United States Navy, I held my hand up and I took an oath and I swore to uphold that Constitution. There wasn't any questions in anybody's mind yeah. what I was you know, accepting and what I was going to do as a result. This ain't of a that. negotiation. This ain't like no. except for in certain uh, circumstances number two. when I disagree <laughs> or I don't like the guy's personality. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. N- not the case. I'm all for free speech, but see subsection four D <laughs> for my exclusions. Right. Um, and the Second Amendment. Yeah, that's great as long as you have a single shot. Yeah, uh, a musket gun. or something. A musket loader. Yeah. You sell any musket loaders there? Uh, nope, no muzzle loaders. You don't do that? Nope. I don't have to buy a muzzle loader at a gun store. They're not considered a gun. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. you, you can order one online. Really? That is a gun that you could get shipped directly to your house. Really? Man, we're all going to be running around now with I'm in trouble. Now I'm in so much trouble now. <laughs> You're drying up the business now. <laughs> I always found that amazing. You know, just thinking about you're under such pressure, like Revolutionary War. Yeah. And you fire the one shot, and then you're... Yep. You know, I don't know how quick they would do well, it. Well, they but had people behind them loading uh, the next rifle for crazy you stuff. while you okay. were up there trying to shoot. A, a lot more next hour. Stick around. Don't go anywhere back in just a few minutes.
This is the Jeff Orvid Show. All right, welcome back in Olivia's hands. Rob Wilson's here with us. Let's see, one ballot for Jeffrey Orvitz. Ooh, two ballots for Jeffrey Orvitz. <laughs> Hold those up. Wait a Hold minute. those up. So, how can that be? Like, I saw that. Angel's like, wait, do you see this? Wait, do you see this? And I was like, okay, yeah, you got your ballot? It's not like a household thing, it's not a household vote. So, I was like, okay, Angel's got her ballot and I got my ballot. Yeah. Right, hand me that. Hand me that. So this is which one? <laughs> yeah, which one? Which one do I vote on? I'm, I'm just I'm just confused. So, no no troubles with our election system, Rob. We have been assured that our <laughs> election system is sound, and that that's, that what you're showing me right now and physically is impossible. Yeah, hopefully. judges have told us. No, this this is this cannot happen. I, I heard it on like CNN or something. Our our elections are the most yeah most secure, accurate, and secure elections we've ever yeah. had. I, I guess I hold this up. I don't know if the camera can actually see the address there. So at 50-50 shot, you're seeing my correct address because yeah. there's two addresses on here too. Oh, we better leave now. So no, we still can. I've got, okay, as you know, there's an election going on in Flagstaff. Yep. They, geniuses that <laughs> decided oh to God. put 20, 20 ballot questions on for the citizens of Flagstaff. This is crazy. 19 the plus the 40. The meaning the Flagstaff City Council, by the way. You never put that many on there. What were you guys thinking? And um, Mark did a good job, How it last week. I think it was on Friday's show. We went through. Each one. Yeah, so that is, and I That's apologize. Painful. I didn't get a podcast because I had to bail out over the weekend. It is now podcast. Oh, good. And you can go through the, the, the 20 items. And, and Mark and I did that. If you need to go to sleep. Oh, man. They want more money. They want to spend more money more freely without coming to you. Ultimately, they yeah, want more control. Stuff like that. They, yeah. they want to take out yeah. all the checks and balances that have held them yes. a little bit in check up to this point yeah. and, and give them free reign to do whatever they want. That's pretty much the mode of operation for government. In for, general. Yeah, yes. especially the bureaucracy. Okay, but, but, but back. Our flag city council isn't afraid to say it out loud. No, that's true. They're saying it in writing. You know, be bold with your yeah. craziness here. Anyway, so I vote in Coconino County, mm-hmm. and my name is Jeffrey K. Orvitz on this one, and my other name is the same, Jeffrey Kenneth Orvitz, spelled out. Olivia. Ooh, two completely different people. So... I recently re-registered as a as an independent. You right. all know about that. Oh, and here's my um, new voter ID card, which I haven't even opened. I haven't even no. opened it. So I have two ballots in my hands from Coconino County, Patty Hansen, Coconino County recorder. She's the one that's actually responsible for the integrity of our elections, right? Yeah, and okay, why did this happen? Why do I have two ballots? I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah, how is the system I, failing us? I, I think because I'm just so up on everything. And then you should get twice. I the, should get the vote the twice. You should count twice as much. Yeah, so I'm not making this up. I, and there, uh, this is unopened. I have two ballots, both to me. Uh, now, I changed my voter registration from Republican to Independent. My mail used to go to a post mailbox. I haven't moved in, how long have we been? 20, 20 something years. Mm-hmm. Same address, right? The new one I have mailed directly to my address. Okay. Okay, so same name. Two different addresses, though. Two ballots to me. So now we know the trick. I guess. And we, I did this. We, we just need to change our it's registration. Like how many times can you do this? Can you get like every, every election ballots? cycle, right? Well, no, but if I change it now to back to like, I went from Republican to Independent. Now I go, let's say, Democrat. Hmm, let's Democrat. Yeah. Do I get a third ballot? 
And then let's change it to the week after that. I'll go with like Mark did. I'll be no ballot, no green, no labels, oh, the, no labels party. Yeah, yeah. And then I can do green. So is that five? Four at least five. Yeah. Do I get five ballots if I do that? That seems reasonable. Now, last week someone called me from the Coconino County Recorder's office to verify something. I can't remember the conversation. Maybe I'll get Angela in tomorrow because she mm-hmm. was she was right there in the car while we were driving. They asked me to verify the address or something. Okay. And I did that. And I, I think I gave them the new address, the, the house rather than the post mailbox yep. in the city. So I don't know what happened. This was like a week ago, if memory serves me. Don't right. worry. Our elections are flawless. They Nothing must have just mistaken wrong. you with that secret twin that you keep hidden in the attic. That could be. Something That's my, like that. Yeah. yeah. So if this is a tie, I'm the tiebreaker. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so what do I do here? Do I shred one? Well, I think we should. Should I call them? Let's call Patty Hanson right now and ask her. <laughs> I'll send them. Um, I'll send them a link to today's podcast and ask them. Hey, do you want to follow up on this? Why do I have two ballots? And if I get two ballots to one person, do I? What is the correct process? Which one do I vote on? Do I vote both? I'm just confused. I want to make sure. Well, I want to make sure all of all your listeners know that Patty Hansen is an elected official for the mm-hmm. co- county of Coconino. She's our county recorder. Yeah, for a while. And and she should now come on your show and explain exactly how this happened and specifically what they have done fine. to make sure that it never occurs again. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I just and, wonder how often this happens, right? Well, and yeah, that would be the other piece of data we need is, and how many other double ballots did you send out this time, Miss Hansen? And, and yeah, and it's just, it's interesting. I'm sure that they'll hear this and be like, of all the places for two ballots to go to. <laughs> Right? It's exactly. like, really, a radio talk show host had to be the one. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Oh, man. I'll, but if you got it, folks, how, it, it yeah, did anyone any else get two ballots? Yeah, any listeners out there that got more than one ballot, please yeah. email Jeff and let him know that because we need to get an idea if this is just a, a special treatment because Jeff's such a great radio show host <laughs> or if this is just a, a, a flawed system despite or just what the double courts year. Everyone gets to vote twice. Yeah, everybody double just... Double your fun. Double your fun. I'm going to vote yes on one, on all of them, and no on all the other ones. So just null your ballot out. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, just going to... I think that's the best well, way. you have a comment. Jeff, how are you going to vote on Prop 418, Vance from Flagstaff? Well, I think I found the solution because you were pretty undecided. Yes on one, no on the other. Yeah. Oh, I think that's Sounds 480, great. actually. Yeah. Um, is that the hospital oh, one? yeah. 480. Four, 480. Good question. I mean, after I figure out which ballot... <laughs> To fill out, who's that, Vince? Vance? Vance. Vance. Um, then I'll figure out, I, I don't know how to vote on that well, one. So you, this, you could fill out both of these, and then you could also go vote in person. Yeah, can I do another one? <laughs> at, the, at the county recorder's office. Yeah, they'll probably say they'll catch it because I, they got two under my name, right? So that, that, nope, that's, that's one they'll that's catch That's two it. technically different names on there. That's true. One's Jeffrey and K. Orvis. The, the other one's Jeffrey. Number. Why don't we just change the initial entirely? Yeah. Why don't you just? Keep... I think Jeff P. Orvis. And how am nice. I? And how am I identifying today? Maybe I can identify as a different person. True. And I just true. get a whole other ballot. Yeah, it is crazy though. I'm looking at two ballots with my name on it. We we this is just this doesn't happen. You know, this is they're different ballots too because one has oh a yeah the different in the back, size different, too. Okay, there's differences okay. between them, and that's probably because, as an independent, you vote on different things. Than no, you but they're would all the ballots. Partisan. We all get to vote on the same propositions. There's matter. no partisan. No, it's there's issues nothing, this time, right? I don't think so. I, you know what? Maybe I should open them. Maybe during the break, I'll Let's actually wait that, open them. for tomorrow's show. Yeah, we'll stay open tuned. Them. 
The grand opening will happen tomorrow. Part two will open my two ballots and see. Maybe I'm just, just blowing this out of proportion. What the heck is going on here? Maybe it's part- one of them will be like, ha ha, just kidding. I know what it is. No, I know what it is. The city of Flagstaff put so many things on the ballot. They had to mail two. Uh, they, they had to mail two because they ran they out of. They could fit it in the envelope. Well, yeah, it's too heavy. Um, it's like that Guam thing. Remember that congressman who said Guam was going to flip over if they brought too many soldiers there True, or something, right? if you right? put too many the on one side, the island yeah, will just go gotta, right over into the ocean. You've got to mail these in separate vehicles because they're so heavy. <laughs> oh, man. Rob, I don't even know anymore. Okay, so Vance asked how I'm voting on Prop 480. This is the hospital, and mm-hmm. I'd like to get, even though you're not in the city limits. Which is a really big problem with this whole issue. You don't live in the city though. Well, I don't live in the city, so I don't get to vote on, on on this particular, in any of these propositions, but this particular issue is going to affect everyone in the surrounding hundred mile radius. Or Uh, more. Whether whether we can expand our hospital and update its ability to take care of us with latest, greatest state-of-the-art kinds of medicine, or we have to continue to try to operate in a hospital that just clearly can't, carry the load anymore so i'm sensing olivia are you sensing yeah <laughs> that rob is a yes on 480 if he I'm could vote. take a wild guess well rob you can have one of my ballots <laughs> well, and, and for those that are opposed i have a few questions um that i would like to hear them answer um one of the things that a lot of people are opposed to it says well the hospital hasn't proven to us that it, it's financially justifiable to do this when has any private property owner ever had to financially justify anything? Oh, that's what I've been wondering. I've had trouble. If we yeah, financially yeah. justified anything, then yeah. we wouldn't have half the problems well, I've here. had trouble with this one because this is a private company, private property rights issue. And the whole, and I, even when I had the two guests on the pro and the no people, which yeah. is still top of the web, the page, guys, you can still go and maybe Listen make up your mind. Yeah. That was the question is like, and that's why I feel like I don't even want to vote on the thing because I don't even feel qualified to vote on a their billion dollar medical question. Basically, right? I'm not. Pff, I have no idea. Right. I mean, build it if uh, you, you put your money. The money shouldn't be a factor here, or or the anything like that. But go ahead. Nope. I, I might have a disagreement here with you. The, the second question is: All right, the hospital has already said that in order to expand any, they would have to tear down parts of the hospital because the foundation can't support going up anymore. Yeah, that's what the engineer, the guy, the builder yeah. guy said so, on the show. So, Steve, those that are opposed to this idea, tell me which services at the hospital that you're willing to do without for the next year or two while we tear that wing down and rebuild it. Mm. They always say, well, this hospital down in Phoenix did it. This hospital in New Orleans did it. That's right, because they're not the only hospital in the area. And they could ship off those services to other hospitals while they were remodeling. Okay, okay. We're we don't have that flexibility. The gunshot wound section, you got to take them over to the other place. Yeah. Okay. Or, well, you know. Do they have a gunshot Neurology <laughs> or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> wouldn't eliminating the noise from helicopters flying over downtown at super low altitudes and landing at the hospital be a good idea? And, oh, by the way, they have crashed before. Here in now the you're just fear mongering now, right, Olivia? So wouldn't it make sense yeah. to have the helicopters away from downtown and over by the airport, where it makes more sense Look, to have I'm helicopters? In the, we live right in the um, flight path. Flight path. Oh yeah. There was a, like a C-130 a that flew over day. earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't want the helicopter near me. I want it. I want it downtown. Yep. <laughs> and. For all of those people that Not are saying, oh, that, that's that's pristine property and, and we don't want the hospital to develop that. Well, even if the hospital doesn't, somebody is going to. It, it's private property. It'll mm-hmm. get developed one way or another. However, 
let me play devil's advocate. Right. I haven't. I, I, I on I like Friday's that. show, I was very, eh. I'm just not excited about this one. This one just didn't excite me. I think, and I even said that I thought that's because that, you're not old enough. <laughs> yeah, old, Ten years from now, I'll be like, I should have voted twice on my tablets. <laughs> you know, no, maybe. Um, the only authority that the city council really has is the rezone. That's why this came before them, right? Because that's the only way you can. Because you have a private property right to build whatever it's zoned for. But this property in question was zoned for rural residential. So like a house on two acres or whatever, yep. right? So that's how this all got opened up. They do have the right to say, well, no, we're not allowing because we have zone. If you want to get rid of the zoning rules, that's fine. Aren't you on the PNZ commission for the county? I am. We get rid of all the zoning and say, no, there's, you can build whatever you want. But this one in particular, they had to rezone it from residential to Correct. commercial. So they do have the authority when it comes to like it or not private property rights in that regard because they were coming yeah. to them for the change. It's it's not going to remain untouched the way it is today for much longer. I agree. There's going to be homes or another, There's going to be homes in there. Th- there will be something okay. there. Go so ahead. not developing the property isn't a justifiable excuse. And okay. oh, by the way, what if 10 years from now we realize, oh man, we were wrong. We really do need additional hospital capacity. Where are we going to build it? How many spots are left around Flagstaff that could accommodate something the size of that hospital that has accessibility anywhere. I think in 10 years, we're going to have teleportation like in Star Trek. So. Or it'll just be floating <laughs> yeah. over yeah. the It'll city. be a floating hospital. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm optimistic on the future now all of a sudden. Okay, no, but obviously you're pro, you think this should happen. I, I, I you would think vote there's yes a bunch of people getting involved in something that they really don't have a right to get involved in in the first place. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm Their like, feelings are hurt or their yeah. emotion. I, I wonder too how much it's how, how much of it is being driven by people in the area of the hospital now who know this could affect their property values. Um, the people that own the commercial buildings around the hospital, the rent that they're collecting for those properties. Um, it, who knows what, what's driving all of the, the motivations. But the bottom line is I'm a personal property rights kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the council voted unanimously in favor of this. It seems to me to be a no-brainer. Yeah. Okay. So you would be a yes vote. I would be. Um, contrary if, if I to could vote. Mark Howitt, who does vote in the city, he was on Friday and he said, said no. he's a no for reason X, Y, and Z. But he also said, eh. And I think that's the problem this probably has is a lot of people are saying, eh. Yeah. I just, I really haven't been compelled by either side. And I do think that the hospital group, I think that going after and the pictures of like the apocalypse in the hospital mm-hmm. and the, the kind of the very sad stories when it comes to maternity wing and all that. I think that they created a picture and a painting though, that we're not providing good stuff right now. So we need someplace new. And if it fails, I worry about the current hospital, even though they've been awarded all this stuff. And I think they're a great hospital. Don't get me wrong, but the campaign they run, I don't, I don't think was a very good campaign. Well, and, and I'm not a, a, a pro hospital groupie either. I, I acknowledge <laughs> that there is some serious problems at the current hospital yeah. um, beyond infrastructure. Okay. The management there right now is not doing a very good job. The morale at the hospital, anybody you talk to that works there, mm. morale sucks. All right. How are you so. voting on this if you are voting? Um, if you wait a couple more days, I'll probably have more ballots in my name. Yeah, it could be. That, uh, could know. I have one? Yeah, we're just yeah, going to start spreading these all around. Go ahead and email me, talkwithjeff at iCloud.com. That's talkwithjeff at iCloud.com.
All right, if you are wanting to refinance your home right now, call Kim Dawson over at Nova Home Loans. If you're looking to, look, people are buying homes. Um, people are out there. The interest rates obviously have changed. Kim Dawson came to me a year and a half ago and said, you know, I have investment properties, and we did refinance one of them through her. She got us a great rate. This was when things were like at four point something percent. And she's like, you should do more. You should do more. And I was like, no, we got time. And now interest rates are like seven or eight percent. So Kim had a crystal ball there. Anyway, uh, call Kim Dawson if you want to refinance your home. If you got to refinance, cash out, refinance. Eight percent is a heck of a lot lower than 25 percent credit card rates. Right. I mean, isn't that what they're going for? So, yeah, I mean, eight percent is a little better than that. Uh, Call Kim Dawson. She can help you out. Mention the Jeff Horvitz Show. You can get $250 off the lender's fee at closing. Every little bit helps. Here's a number, 928-310-6458. 928-310-6458. Or go to novahomeloans.com slash Kim Dawson. Kim Dawson, NMLS 697411. Nova Home Loans, NMLS 3087. BK number 090242. Equal housing opportunities. Subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Huh. All right, if you get a rock chip in your windshield, I want you to remember to always call Diamond Auto Glass first. This is where Angela and I take our vehicles to get the windshield repaired and if needed, and we've needed to do this a couple of times, get the windshield replaced. Once you get a windshield replaced at Diamond Auto Glass on 4th Street in Flagstaff, it's you got lifetime chip repair. No appointment necessary. Most chip repairs take 10 to 15 minutes. Always remember to call Diamond Auto Glass first at 928-779-4140. That's Diamond Auto Glass at 928-779-4140. Or go to thedifferenceisclear.com. Local, local, local. Olivia didn't like my headline. No, I was just like, you expect me to read this? This doesn't sound right coming we from my mouth. Script. We don't script anything here on the program. And young people oh, all yeah, the time you I can hear tell them saying, by yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Local, local. Wait, I, I want to hit some local. No, yeah. <laughs> First one up has to do with Congress. I, I even quick. gave this to her in advance. <laughs> I even gave this to her in quick, advance. Quick, quick, quick. We gotta go Democrat to break now. Navajo okay. Nation right. Thank you very president. much, Olivia. <laughs> oh my gosh, listen. Start over. Former Democrat Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez is challenging Republican Eli Crane for CD2. Okay, so there you have it. Yeah. I guess he announced late last week. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't get the weekend announcement. That's not the prime time. You, you've been in media. Long <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that is not the time. Just wait till Friday afternoon or the weekend. Yeah. That's when you say the news that you don't want anybody to see. Yeah, by the time you get to Monday, it's like, what? I mean, no, we, Nobody even knows. Yeah, we've seen just so many things go through the cycle in about... Eight minutes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, or things that happen, big things that happen over the weekend, and then people yeah. aren't even aware of it until Monday, and they're like, what is everyone yeah. talking about? Whole countries get renamed uh-huh. over the weekend, and, and by, by Monday, you're like, that never existed. Yeah, we, we oh, don't, well, okay. we don't know. Did you see who Taylor Swift is like, dating? Like, if you don't want anyone <laughs> to know. Can I interrupt for just one second? Yes, please. You brought it up. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I didn't even know you're she was still was... around. I don't get it. 
I, I was browsing through the news today before the show just to kind of get an idea. And I look at, you know, CNN, MSNBC, BBC, a bunch of different news, uh, you know, locations to see what's every one of them on their front page <laughs> had a story about Taylor Swift. Taylor every Swift's boyfriend or something. Well, one way or another, yeah. something about Taylor Swift. And it's yeah. like, I, I just don't get it. Yes, she's a very talented artist. But that's all. I I didn't <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think she was still. I knew she did like the country thing a long time ago. Yeah, I thought that was it. But apparently, she kept going. <laughs> that's never it. <laughs> she did like this whole. Yeah, she's grown just a little bit. She's grown. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I I kind of lost track of her after that when she just started doing the straight up. Yeah, you know, pop. She's she's grown enough to the point where now she gave all of her roadies a hundred thousand dollar bonus checks. It's like an Oprah thing. You get a car, you get a car. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, okay, and, and good. She's that's being good. generous. Yeah. Spread so the wealth good. a little bit. Um, Every time I see a picture of her, though, she's like wearing like a like a um, a one piece bikini thing. Is that like the thing that they perform uh, in there? Apparently, that's. I'm so out of it. That's her. <laughs> I used to. I used anyway. to be cool. Was, I thought I was cool. Too. But anyway, um, okay, so. Back to, to the, the real news. news. Oh, okay. So, um, Jonathan Nez is the former president of the Navajo, Navajo Nation. Nation, right? Um, just recent, like recently, last, yeah. last, last one before. Yeah, the previous okay. term. So he's challenging Eli Crane. CD two spans all of northern Arizona, and down, and then it snakes down to um, north of Tucson, actually, yep. and Oro Valley. Uh, it's a ten, eight to ten point Republican district now. That big, yeah, hmm. it's it's sizable as far as the Republican advantage. Um, I'll, I'll try to get him on the program as the election heats up after the new year. I, I just don't know how many stump speeches I can I can handle. Well, um, and it, it'll be interesting to hear you know what what his priorities would be, yeah, what he yeah. thinks our district um, really needs, and, yeah. and how he could represent He's, us. That's your district too. CD2. It is. Yeah. It's a lot of people in the listening area. Um, I I am. Um, I have been very happy with Eli Crane thus far. He was on the program, I think, last week. Uh, he was one that, I mean, he's a freshman in there, and he stood up against the machine and said, shut it down, or no, yep. you know, I'm voting to, to pull the speaker out. Yep. You know, I and obviously he's a, uh, was he Navy SEAL? He was. He was Navy SEAL, five deployments, six deployments. He's yep. been on the program talking about that. I mean, this is a guy that has cojones uh, yeah. in he, so many he's ways. He's got a spine. Yeah, and uh-huh. um, so... But anyway, I'm not opposed to hearing from, obviously, Jonathan Nez. I will say that the Democrats did control that through Ann Kirkpatrick and, you know, a lot of other people for a long time. And I didn't see, I saw Navajo Generating Station shut down. Yeah. Never seen 89 improved heading north. No, nope. You know, anything like that. So, yeah. So that's, I guess that's big news there. Talk with Jeff at iCloud.com. Love to hear from you. Get those comments in right now. And Olivia will gladly, gleefully read them, right? Of course. Local, 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 local. You still have time to take advantage of Gutter Helmet's really great system here. Multi-patented reverse curve that deflects all those pine needles. There's a lot of pine needles out there. Um, call Gutter Helmet of Northern Arizona. They've got the best deal they've ever offered here on the show. Third, normally it's 30%. 35% off, like I said, 40 years of experience, a warranty that's second to none on, on labor and on the manufacturer's triple time life triple lifetime warranty. Uh, call Gutter Helmet right now. Mention to Jeff Orvich, show 
928-318-6555 or go to gutterhelmetsnaz.com. That's gutterhelmetsnaz.com. If you get a rock chip in your windshield, remember to call Diamond Auto Glass first. Here's why. If you call your insurance company, most of the time what happens with these insurance companies is they route your call through one of the major glass companies, the ones you see on every other corner, right? And Rob, you got something to say about it. You've seen that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm yeah. making an appointment. I made an appointment with him um, on the phone, the whole Stuart thing. Stuart and his team for, yep. for, for to get rock chip? Yep. You I know, to get a whole windshield replaced, whole unfortunately, because yeah. it's right in the center of the oh, driver's yeah. view. Yeah. But yeah. it was super easy to do on the phone. They hooked me up with the insurance company, got everything taken care of. Couldn't have been easier. Highly recommended. Yeah, and they work with the insurance company. I don't mention that enough because those windshields are not cheap anymore. Wow. And cameras in them. Yeah. And this the calibration that. they have to yeah. do. Yeah. Force field now. <laughs> Stuff like that. Diamond Auto Glass, 928-779-4140. It's as easy as that. Call them up. Get on in there. They're right there on 4th Street in Flagstaff, 928-779-4140. Or go to thedifferenceisclear.com. Back in a minute. listening to the podcast please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there if you're not listening to the podcast subscribe look up the jeff orbit show also on video rumble follow us there and on youtube subscribe we appreciate everyone who's done that Listening to the Jeff Orovitz Show. This is the Jeff Orovitz Show. I see another upstanding illegal as um, yeah. two times, two times, twice deported and, okay. and came back a third time. Mm. This time, as a as a show of his appreciation for the benefits of being here in the United States, he decided to murder two people, mm. two different situations, two different occasions, yeah. um, burned a body, um, hit another one in a trunk and was found several days Far later. too often, you know, uh, um, I mean, it's just, we got to get control of that border. You know, the, the majority of the people coming across the border and, and to, uh, I just saw today, August set another record. It was over 236,000, I believe it was in yeah. August. Yeah. The majority of them probably are not going to commit any crimes at all. Uh, other than the one that they did coming across the border. But those few that do are the few that shouldn't happen in the first place. And and if you were a family member, a, a brother, sister, mother, whatever, father, of one of those two people that this guy killed, how, how can you not just be incensed at uh, the current administration's failure and, and, and Congress? They're, they're both equally responsible. The, the, the president and Congress are both equally responsible for not doing something about the border. Yeah. It, it, it is... It, what I find amazing now, Rob, too, is you got these, some of these Democrats now giving lip service to it, saying, hey, we actually have a problem. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's progress, unless they're just full of it because it's election time. Well, and you know, I think most of they, that's they, happening. swing districts. Yeah, most of that's happening because we started shipping people north. We started yeah, making them yeah. aware of the problem, making them have to see it, making them have to 
suffer the consequence financially of how do we take care of all of these people? I give tremendous credit to uh, DeSantis for getting that going. And I think Abbott was doing it as well. Yes, absolutely. And then other governors, and that's fine. Uh, you know, they, they start mimicking that. That's great because I think other, dem- other governors, Republican governors, started doing it as well. Right. Uh, not our governor. Uh, well, I'm not aware of Katie Hobbs doing that. Yeah, you know, not not as of yet. Not so. expecting to see that. Although there was a record number of people that died in Phoenix this year as a result of heat. Yeah, across uh, and, and over and, and, and the yeah. desert. Yeah. So you know, wh- what are we doing when we tell people? Um, you know, Venezuelans now are automatically granted work permits, right? So we're encouraging them. We're saying, hey, you know, the, border, you see where the border's open. Come on up. Did you see we're buddying up with Venezuela now. We're, yeah. We're you know if oh who is it um who, who's the guy down there Maduro? I think so. One of them I was back in it. That was Chavez, and then Maduro has been yeah. in there since Chavez died right. years and years ago. A- obvious economic basket case down there, Venezuela. And ton of oil, ton of natural resources. Oh, Whoa. yeah. This should be like streets paved in gold kind of thing where, you know, Saudi Arabia type situation. But these these dictators have, have absolutely ruined it. So as long as Maduro does X, Y, and Z and he's a good boy, we're going to start buddying up with them. He's yep. not going to be. No. He, they want him to open up elections and have some. They're going to have some sure. rigged election next year. He'll do that. So yeah, well, okay. He'll risk all of his power. I got an that. idea. Why don't we just use our natural resources here, of which we have plenty. What? What, <laughs> what a, a novel what, idea. Or with the people coming over, it's like America first, America twenty seventh, yeah, or it's whatever. Like, Three hundred. Like, move that down the line. Yeah. Okay, um, let's get to some transportation issues. Did you see this picture here of this roundabout? Um, Right there. Roundabouts are good. Oh, yeah. I can't stand roundabouts. I know some people like them because they think, you know, the the 260 roundabouts down there in in the Verde Valley. Yep. was like five or seven of them in a row that (laughs) there's no roads even. Here's what's happening with the roundabouts. Somebody 10, 12 years ago, in some cubicle heaven, they decided this was the way to go. Yep. This is the way to go. And they pushed it and they offered all kinds of grants and extra money. So that's why you're seeing all these cities go with the one in Flags. There's one in Flagstaff on Schweitzer Canyon. This was back in 2012. It was about $4 million. Yeah. For a roundabout, for a, an know, intersection. The guy that you mentioned in that in the uh, cubicle, I, I actually saw you him at a city council meeting the other day. I listened to over an hour of him talking about... The benefits of roundabouts. And These people the are like a cult. Fe- they are. <laughs> it's the roundabout cult. These and, and people are out of their mind. Here's the scary thing. He was giving us the brief version of what he had spent the last three days training our, our Flagstaff City planning department on oh, about I'm roundabouts. I'm so sorry, Flagstaff planning <laughs> department. <laughs> about the roundabouts. Three days planning of roundabouts <laughs> from the roundabout expert that we hired to come here and teach them all about Oh, they brought him in. Yes, yeah, he's he's okay. from like Texas or somewhere. I don't know. Oh man, I'm sure he's making bank selling all these people on. I'm the roundabout expert and traveling everywhere in the country and giving these seminars. Apparently, there's a meeting coming up about a big roundabout. An urgent put, public meeting. Urgent public. I think that was the group. I think Flagstaff Biking Organization put this out or something okay. like that. Okay. It's for the Butler Fourth Street Improvements Project this Wednesday, October 18th, from 5:30 to 7 p.m. at the Aquaplex. Okay, now I will put a picture in the podcast. This is a huge roundabout. Butler and Fourth Street and Flagstaff have become very busy. Years ago, they strung up two 
some stoplights there. Yep. Because they put in a bunch of stuff, and all of a sudden they're like, "Wow, there's a lot of traffic." Yeah. So they literally ran like you see this happen in Mexico a lot. They run a cable across, and yeah. they just put the line, put the lights up there, and it's been like 10, 15 years, right? You could tell it was temporary. It's supposed to, yeah, be, it's supposed so to be temporary. This stretch of road goes from four lane to two, back to four for some reason. It's been a, a nightmare. There's all kinds of development going on there. It's right? amazing how fast. It, yeah, it's amazing. This roundabout that this picture, this proposal. Now they're also proposing a big stoplight intersection too. Yep. Um, here's this picture, and I know you, on radio land can't see this, but it's huge. It were one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, there's like there's like six lanes. Let, let me let me try to paint a picture. Oh, wait, don't forget the bike lanes in there. Oh, there's bike lanes and there's pedestrian lanes. There's a unicorn crossing. Yeah. Right there's there. a zoo in there's the middle. There's a zoo. In, no, in the middle. There's the rainbow projector. In the middle, you could either put the Arc de, Tri Arc de Triomphe in Paris, yep. which is the craziest roundabout I've ever been to, or an obelisk. Yes. Like, you know, the ones that they used to have in, um, in Egypt. Nice? Yeah. You yeah. Could, we could get an obelisk in the middle, or it, let's go to Rome, the Trevi Fountain. We could, I mean, this thing is, I'm just trying to paint a picture it's, of how ginormous this thing is. Instead of the Washington Monument, we can have the Roundabout Monument. And <laughs> I'm sure they stand there and hand out free money they'll, yes. and all that. And they'll have... And sprinkle um, fairy dust over you. They'll have the guy, the um, head of the Roundabout cult, yes. right in the middle. You know, just with his... Like, like worshiping. There you go. Kind of with his hand like that under his chin. Yep. You know, no, this thing is huge. So yeah, if you're in that Flagstaff area, you might want to check that out. I, I can't uh, imagine being a pedestrian and trying to figure out which direction cars are coming from and when it would possibly be safe to walk across any of that. I like stoplights better. I think they're better to drive. I'd rather stop than be like thrown to the side thrown as you around. try to go around. I think for roundabouts, we should just, if you've ever, you've been to Britain. Yeah. We should just reverse it like once a week. <laughs> just to keep it <laughs> just interesting. Just sounds safe. Just to keep it interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's a big one there. Um, I actually, I have a funny story to share with you. So, uh, you know, they're doing that construction on I-17. Yep. Coming, coming north south, on, southbound. Or, yeah. Um, and they've, they have paved a lot. The road was pretty much carpet bombed. I, another winter, and I guess we would just be stuck up here and could never leave again. <laughs> or you'd have to go maybe to Kingman, you know, to and south, cut, cut yeah. over to, to Wickenburg there if you wanted to get to Phoenix or, or maybe through Lake Mary Road. That's how bad it's gotten. Now they've... They've got some of it torn up. They're fortunate this week it's warmed up a lot, but we're going to lose this pretty soon. And they're, 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 they're paving it. It's still divided after Munns Park to the rim, right? Okay. We're coming north. This goes to show you how many people are coming to northern Arizona, especially Flagstaff and other areas. Every weekend I'm driving up, usually Sunday afternoon. The traffic is crawling along for miles and miles because so many people are making the beeline back down to Phoenix because they probably came to visit Yep. for the weekend, right? It was backed up from the, the rim to not Munns Park this time, heading southbound and crawling at three miles per hour, but to that rest stop that you're not supposed to stop at there. Oh, the ones so, closed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, that's how many people. Now, Angela and I decided to get a load of firewood at Rocky Park Road, the first one up on the rim, um, and it's a rocky road, right? We got some good oak and, and this and that. We come off, somebody comes, exits 17. Mm-hmm. And then re-enters to, to, get, to get, what, 20 cars ahead? They didn't even look. They almost hit me. And I was like, how ironic would it be if they hit me? You wow. Know, and, and they're trying to shoot. So it's then exactly so they, blew like, right, they blew right through the stop sign. Yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. Of the yeah to, to, to gain 20 cars, right? Yeah. right? When we drive to school, 
every morning for my school, yeah. we see people cut through the parking, parking lot lots. to avoid the stoplight. And we're always like, oh, there's another one. Oh, another one. It's uh, like two in the time that we're just sitting at the light every day. Yeah, to avoid the light. If you do that, I just trying to figure out, like, should we all do like that? The rest of us are sitting here. Yeah, we're all sitting here. I mean, it's like, what are you, special or we something? see you. So then, Rob, check this out. The next one is like forest or, or there's like a neighborhood out there somewhere. Um I can't remember the, the name anyway. of it. There's like a barn out there, a meadow. It's all nice, right? Okay. I see all these cars exiting. They're going southbound off of 17, and they're taking the frontage road. Oh, okay. Yep. A hundred cars. And then I see them all turning around <laughs> because there's a canyon right there. That's you where- You didn't tell me a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, probably, I'm probably exaggerating, but it seemed like a hundred. I'm wondering if the mapping app was like- turn here for a shortcut you can't there's no it's it's that canyon it doesn't connect through no there's a no. canyon i mean you, you try to connect Literally. through i was like wondering if we're getting to the point where we're just like lemons you know yes. we just follow each other off the cliff and oh. it's like it was the funniest thing to see these cars just all turning around and, <laughs> and the amount of time they wasted fortunately they turned around you know you hear stories all the time about somebody who says well i was just following my gps off the cliff and and it took me down these four service roads that are not maintained in the middle of the winter and all of a sudden there was a blizzard and mm -hmm. i was 50 miles from nowhere and yeah. had no idea where I was and, and I didn't pack any air supplies. So now I'm... And it's Google. GPS. It's Google yeah. or Siri's fault or whatever. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. They're so bad. Oh, yeah. We did that. they put on fault. there that just don't exist anymore. They don't anymore. exist. Yeah, it's like the town was gone in 1898. We did that in Idaho. It said, wanted us to avoid traffic. And Idaho is really rolling, you know, mountains and this mm -hmm. and that. And we went way up with the trailer. With the camper, right? Yep. Up this dirt road, like a 30 degree, you know, angle or whatever. And uh, it all, because it, the map says it's shorter. Yeah. In practicality, you know, it's, it's not. Right. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Anyway, roundabouts Good and thing, crazy. Huh? Um, I, I thought it was a hidden camera out there. You know, people following each other. Just to, like, yeah. just to say, hey, watch this. <laughs> All right, love to hear from you. Send me an email, talkwithjeff at iCloud.com. That's talkwithjeff at iCloud.com. All right, uh, good time to call Desert Gold Exchange. I don't tell you how to invest, of course. I can tell you, though, that my family's been investing in physical gold and silver for years. I've been using Justin and his team at Desert Gold Exchange for a long time. They'll ship to you, get the stuff shipped to you physical. They just deal with physical gold and silver. They know their stuff. They keep their overhead low. Desert Gold Exchange passes those savings on to you. They have some of the lowest prices out there uh, when it comes to the price of physical gold and silver. Call them up right now, 888-852-4343. That's Desert Gold Exchange at 888-852-4343. There's a way to save on your roof. Roofs have become quite expensive to replace. If you're looking to extend the life up to six years and possibly save up to 90%. Call Fresh Roof of Northern Arizona. Now, Dave's an experienced home inspector. He can come do a free roof inspection for you, then get you out an estimate. They have a coding system. He'll tell you all about it that extends the life so you don't have to rip out that roof. And I did a roof last year, and it was about, oh, I want to say 30 $25,000 now. Oh, yeah. Something like that. It is. It adds up fast. It adds up really fast. Building materials have gotten way more expensive. Oh, man. So, hey, it, this may be a way for you to save some money here. Call Dave right now, 928-301-9404. That's 928-301-9404. Back in a minute.
Hey, if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a great review and also give us a comment in there. If you're not listening to the podcast, subscribe. Look up The Jeff Forward Show. Also on video, Rumble, follow us there. And on YouTube, subscribe. We appreciate everyone who's done that. This is The Jeff Orvid Show. Rob Wilson's with us, Timberline Firearms and Training. Um, I think training's on the mind uh, minds of a lot of people. It is for me. I've been actually saying to myself, Rob, I need to get out there and do more stuff. I need it because we were talking about immigration earlier. Yep. We don't know who's coming over here. Well, we know some of the people that are coming over, the ones that we catch, and we know that they're coming from countries all over the world. They're, yeah. they're, they're not just coming. From Sheriff Mexico. Lamb did an interview this afternoon, um, and he was talking about Russians coming across the border. Mm-hmm. He was talking uh, about Ukrainians coming across the border. There's certainly plenty of people from countries that present you know, real and dangerous threats to our country. Yeah, Lamb's on my list to get back on. And, and, we, to- and we don't seem to be able to vet them. Yeah. Yet we're letting them in and saying, you know, come see us in a couple of years when we can set up a court date. Yeah. No, I want to get Lamb back on because he he's dealt with us, you know, being a sheriff. Sheriffs yeah. get hit. You know, the, the the border mayors get hit first and the sheriffs. Yep. So I, I want to make more of a conscious effort to get out there and, and do some training because you, you, you've got these firearms, right? Yep. So many of us do, and that's good. But then you're like... We should have like an like a like a drill almost in the house, Olivia, because you're woken up in the middle of the night, for example. Yep. A lot of people. What do you do? A lot of people when let, let's say you wake up and you hear glass breaking in your house. What do you and your alarm is going yeah. off? What do you do? Most people they'll run immediately to their alarm panel because there's this loud screaming siren going off and it's driving them crazy. So they run to their alarm panel, which is usually located right next to the front door or back door, mm-hmm. which is probably where the threat just the person came is. In. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you haven't sat down and made a plan with the people that live in your home and they understand exactly what's going to happen in those circumstances, and like you said, actually conduct a drill once or twice, um, then you're not being fair to yourself and your family. You have some of the simulations, things like that. Because just the, the, the glass breaking, for example, Rob, mm-hmm. the opposite of that. It's you're startled, you're woken up, and it winds up being one of the kids. Yeah. Or you forgot that, you know, your your aunt, whatever, whoever is, is staying there or something. And you go charging out there. Yeah, like sleeping on the couch out in the yeah. living room or something. And you see like a person standing up. Your guns are blazing. I'm, you know? I'm thinking a cousin, whatever his name in. in cousin uh, Eddie. Cousin Eddie. Well, that <laughs> yeah. might be justified. There, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I was guilty of, of having snuck back in after curfew once or twice when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to believe it. You got <laughs> you got to have a plan. And and the other thing you have to do is all of us have to go out and function in life. We have to be able to move through our society and function in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are simple things that you can do to be more situationally aware and plan ahead that will significantly reduce the risk that you present to yourself that are you're putting yourself yeah. in. Okay. Um, getting some training in those kinds of things so that you can be situationally aware, know where to be looking, know what to be looking for is, is really important kinds of training to get yeah. to avoid the circumstances. Luckily, Olivia can't climb out her window. There's these uh, pyrocanthus thorn bushes out there. Ah. Oh, no, there's a gap right where my window is. <laughs> She's telling us. And how do you know that? Oh, man. We got to have a discussion after the show here. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to talk about that. All right, Olivia, thanks. Uh, Rob, thank you. My pleasure. Always appreciate it. And uh, back tomorrow, we got someone from Goldwater Institute. That's going to be a fun one. And much more. Hope you all have a great, safe night. Take care. See you soon.